we're recording now. Yes. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, today. Editing, hello, editing Olivia. I, I, I love you. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the bar below my office will sell you a giant gin and tonic in like a goblet. Incredible. God, I wish something close to the library would just like hand me alcohol on my way out it's purple the goblet or the beverage the beverage the the gin that they make it with is called conniption gin and it's local to durham and it's purple it's delicious that's incredible yeah that sounds so good i am really proud of myself that i only had one anyways we're doing a podcast or something yeah i think so yeah what are we calling it? Cinderella? Yeah, Cinderella something. Okay. Well, I say that part, so don't worry about it. All right. Hi, everybody. This is a place with Cinderella's. I'm going to try that again. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I'm sold on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched, you're not going to believe this, Cinderella, made in 1933, and we're calling this the classic Terry Tune Cinderella. Friends, you might remember that this is not our first or second go at the uh, Terry Tunes Rodeo. Oh, yeah. We have also watched a Cinderella made by the Terry Tunes production team featuring Betty Boop. And another one starring Mighty Mouse for reasons that I'm still not entirely clear on. But this is just original flavor Cinderella. There is nobody extra in it other than like a lot of random gnomes that show up to a party. But like, don't worry about it. Well, there was another Terry Tunes one. The Glass Slipper from 1938, the Mae West one, where like Mae West just shows up at the end and steals the prince. Oh, that's true. That was also a yeah, Terry Tunes. so... So yeah, that was the Mae West Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Featuring beloved cartoon character Mae West. Mae West, I guess. Anyways. Mark. So yeah, so this was actually the very first one that they did in 1933. The Betty Boop one was a year later. So if you remember anything other than like the special guest star, the baffling special guest star <laughs> in the Terry Teen Cinderella, you probably remember that the king or the prince was just sort of uh, dopey mm -hmm. from Snow White. Yes. And the pattern has continued. That is what we have again. Mm -hmm. Several patterns reappeared in this one, several of which I had forgotten existed and came back to horrifying reality. But so, yeah, so we open with this delightful sort of steamboat Willie-esque music. I've described it in my notes as toot toot music, like a carnival. Yep, it's very catchy. Talon and I were both bopping back and forth. Very catchy. And we open on Cinderella sitting on the floor and washing it. And immediately we have a background chorus that is singing something. I listened to this so many times and I could not get this line. Did you, like, were you able to decipher this line? No. Not nope. even a little bit. Okay. It's just like, it's just like a very old fashioned course of Cinderella something land. 
And exposition the, chorus. Exposition chorus, but the, the first line ends with, and the prince made her his bride of all the land. But like I got land. It starts with like Cinderella, but not her name, and then a print. It's just anyways. I think exposition that you can't hear. I think it is summarizing the story of Cinderella for us in case we don't know it. Well, it is a bad job because you can't make out any of the words. So Cinderella's got a bucket next to her and there's a big puddle on the floor and she's crying and she has very mm, tentacly blobs of hair. They're very snake-like. She She looks like Medusa. (laughs) They did not do one singular mass for her hair, but they also didn't try to make it look like individual hairs. So she has about six independent chunks of hair Mm -hmm. that has been animated. Mm -hmm. She also has like very sad child eyes. Like if you've ever seen like a big eyes painting. Yes. Like that energy, but via the 1930s. But yeah, but she had like human proportions this time, which is great because we've had, you know, Betty Boop has Betty Boop proportions. And some of the other Cinderella's that we've seen have had like child body proportions. And it's very upsetting. This this Cinderella has body human proportions of an adult, which I was fine with. Other than her arms. Other than her arms. Anyway, so she's got like big socks and a kerchief on her head and a dark raggedy skirt. And she's crying a lot. As she mops this floor. And there's a little mouse that's ice skating on this puddle of water. Mm-hmm. She's singing a song mm-hmm. in the little high-pitched 1930s baby voice, which I guess was like in. And her song goes, all alone, all alone, nobody seems to care for me. And then she blows her nose really loudly. But it's like a very jaunty sing-songy song about just being miserable. She's got a Brooklyn accent again, so it was great to bring that back. And yeah, she blows her nose with the sound effect of an old-fashioned car horn. It's like, honk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she goes, <laughs> I never go to a movie show who the stars are i don't know and as she's singing this big tears continue to roll down her cheeks and a different mouse is mopping up her tears i thought the mouse was using her tears to mop the floor or that because the mouse is using a little mouse sized mop that was the cutest thing so cinderella finishes her song with I'm as lonely as can be. Nobody cares a darn for me. But behind her, we see sharing in her loneliness a puppy in a Cruella DeVille wig. Yeah. No, uh-huh. that's exactly how I have it in my notes as well. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, it's a small dog, but literally just like seems to be hairless, but with like poodle ears, but it's a wig, but half is black and half is white. And as she finishes this song, this very cute puppy runs up to the bucket and just howls loudly directly into her face in commiseration i believe Mm -hmm. yes i think this is a friendly dog who is sharing her pain Mm -hmm. and then we cut directly to our stepsisters who are in their bedroom getting ready for something we don't know about a ball yet so they're just getting ready for the day one presumes they are identical to one another Mm -hmm. they are very tall and thin they're sitting back to back 
at different vanities and they're mostly doing the same things in reverse. Like they're both doing their nails or they're both taking out a hair roller or something. Occasionally they do different things, but usually it's just like a... It's very symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they have Pinocchio noses. Yeah. And their hair is also Pinocchio noses. Um, like No, eight, they're just in curlers. They look identical to their nose. I mean, I, I know that I they're mean, in curlers. Yes, they but do. In shape and size, they are the same. They just have like three wiry hairs wrapped around each curler. Yeah. As we see when they take the curler out. It's it's an animation style that looks very similar to Popeye in that they have like very round heads and very tall and long and gangly bodies. Mm -hmm. They look like olive oil. Yeah. 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 And they sing us a song mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. telling us about themselves. Yeah. What do they uh how do they describe so, themselves? Telling what do they, what do they say? <laughs> so uh they inform <laughs> us that we are the sisters of that brat. Cinderella mm -hmm. uh, with a really long Cinderella and their tongues just stick all the way out when they oh, say Cinderella. I have they roll out like chameleon tongues. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's bad. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't have time to process that because immediately one of the sisters goes, We have no sex appeal. And the other one repeats, We have no sex appeal. But like down an octave. Yeah, like, the, they're doubling down on this one. And then I didn't get the entire line, despite listening to it multiple times, but here's what I've pieced together. We, mystery word, for anything that wears a pair of pants. Uh, so, dear listeners, you can just fill in that blank yourself. I think it's will go for anything. Okay. Because that would be slang appropriate for the time, and it would rhyme and scan. So, like... Perfect. So that's what we know about them. They are the sisters of Cinderella. They have no sex appeal. Nope. And they are DTF. Like, mm -hmm. they're Absolutely. hot to trot. They're good to go. <laughs> but they, they finish the song with cha -la -la, la 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 And then a little rat runs up on each of their laps and onto their vanities and startles them. And they go, achoo, to end their songs. And then they sneeze themselves out of their chairs and convulse on the floor with their legs up. Is that... So So I think there's actually two mice that run up their vanities. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think the mice are just extraneous. Like, they're not impacting the scene. They're just there. Because okay. what they do right before sneezing is smack themselves in the face with, like, a comically oversized powder puff. Okay, okay. And then they sneeze, and in the process of sneezing, they fall over backwards. And then while they're on the ground, they just kind of lay on their backs and kick their legs up a whole bunch, uh, like little pill bugs that have been overturned. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. And then we move on to a different scene. Oh, by the way, you guys, this cartoon is five minutes and 30 seconds long, and every single scene is like a whole lot. <laughs> you guys, we tried, we were like, Hey, this is five minutes and 30 seconds. I'm sure we'll be able to watch this, take notes, and record in the same evening. That can't possibly take too much time for a single evening. Um, it was. It literally took me the same amount of time to take notes on this five minute and 30 second cartoon as it does for me to take notes on a full length feature because I ended up 
just watching it basically frame by frame. And that was after Liv and I watched it together. Yep. And also we have since watched it one more time also together. Well, we needed a refresher. And, and I'm still not sure what happened. I, this was such a ride. Anyway, so yeah, we're done with the stepsisters and we're done with Cinderella for the time being. And we move to a stone archway with sort of a classic mm, stereotypical fairy tale castle with like turrets and stuff in the background on, on a hill. And there are two very large pot-bellied barrel-chested men blowing on trumpets. And as they blow on these trumpets, their pants fall down. And I wrote, oh no, I forgot this was a thing. I forgot the pants fall down when you blow on a horn pattern. Yeah. They also fall down like extremely slowly and in unison, which makes me feel like this is like a known problem with that uniform. Yeah. Also, like their legs are very spindly. So as we saw in previous ones, there's like big people with like cages to make them look like they are rotund, but they are spindly. This was a similar issue, but it was just giant pants. And then so my notes go very spindly legs. Yep. Yes. Okay. I remember this nightmare now. And then the trumpets go flaccid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they originally blow into them, they like extend and retract with the music. So like mm-hmm. that was already unpleasant, but then they deflate and just. The word you're looking for is flaccid. Wilt. It's flaccid. Yeah, they're flaccid. It's that's that that's what's happening. That's the word. And then we're done with that scene. Mm-hmm. And instead we see a very large round man in a uniform with all of these medals. He's got this helmet and a sword, and he looks like a lemon and also like a very specific type of German soldier. Okay. I have giant inflatable beach ball of a man wearing a plumed helmet and a big dildo sword stands in front of a line of clones with battle axes waving a z flag as this guy does nazi salutes he does nazi salute okay not just me then nope and then i googled it and interestingly enough this cartoon came out in 1933 so presumably they made it like either that year or 1932 Mm -hmm. so at that time, like by 1933, that was the official German salute. Like according to Wikipedia, all German public employees were required to use the salute. Okay. And that would make the Z flag, which does look, it's definitely a Z. It's definitely a Z, but it looks like it's stylized and it, it is swastika-esque. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it was already associated with Hitler and the Nazi party, but also it was just also associated with Germany in general. Mm -hmm. And that is like the uniform they were going for. I don't know what to do with any of this information, but there it is. It was a weird vibe from the future to be like, hmm, what's happening? But, but then, you know, as we claw ourselves out of this very weird Nazi rabbit hole, the giant beach ball man says, His Majesty the King of New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Track 23, all aboard. And then we hear the ominous choo-choo of a little toy train. Yep. Yuppers. 
and our tiny dopey king rides onto the scene Mm -hmm. in like a little wagon like a little box with wheels Mm -hmm. and he's holding a toy train on like a a leash yes and it's riding in front of him and there's a servant walking just a regular walking pace behind this whole procession carrying the king's cape Mm -hmm. yep uh i have the king in my notes as baby clown yeah his play-doh person yeah, his his crown is also like very tall and has balls on the ends. So it's like right at the midpoint between a clown or between a clown. Yeah, see, it's that was a Freudian slip. It's like right at the halfway point between a crown and a jester's hat. I have just this instant figured out who he looks like. He looks like the bad guy from Wreck It Ralph, King Candy. Oh, yeah. King- yeah, mm-hmm. he looks like him, but like not malevolent and a little chubbier. Like his neck is chubbier. He looks like the mascot for nerds, like the candy. I think. Looks like someone shoved Casper the Friendly Ghost into a pair of pants. Like, yeah, he does look like the mascot for the nerds candy because it's just like a round little frog with like a big nose and just a vacant stare. Yeah. And smile yeah so we sorry so sorry now we're guys this was such a hard thing to visually process just thank you for coming with us on this journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah so now we see i have men on weirdly faced horses do hiles and sing here comes king silt I, I, oh yeah i've got just a dash there they give him a name to remind me to ask you <laughs> They give him a name. His name is King Silt or Zilch or Filt or Kilp or something that is a single syllable and has a short like uh, sound in the middle. So, which is how I feel about it too. Just mm-hmm. a short uh, uh, sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sing that he's a very merry soul, just like King Cole. And the king is all juggly. Oh, right, he juggles. So the king at this point, yes, because I have the king is all juggly, but I thought I had misspelled jiggly because he is also very jiggly. So I was confused in my own notes. No, but, he juggles to yeah. entertain the troops. But and all of a sudden, for the first time, the music is like za za ba do 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 It was great. Yeah, it was really cute. He also has his tongue out the entire time he's juggling. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit concerned at this point because I thought that this might be the prince. And I was like, please let this not be the prince. Please let this not be the prince. I know you said the king, but like, I don't trust you. Please let this not be the love interest. And he toddles his way up three chairs. Three chairs. Sorry. I have, he scuttles up the steps to his throne. He's and like the a, steps are roughly the size of his entire body. He's like a toddler. Has it, does anybody have any small toddler nieces or nephews and just watch them try to climb a staircase? I love how it doesn't even occur to you that some people might just have children and not nieces or nephews. Uh, Okay, well, now that you've said it like that, I feel weird about that. But (laughs) whatever. Anybody seen a small grub of a human just like try to climb a staircase? Doesn't go well. That's what happens here. Then we get more upsetting trumpetry scenes. Uh, There's a man on horseback. No, there Uh, isn't. Well, he's on horseback, but the horse also only has two legs. He's on a two-legged horse. Nope. It is a dude on top of the wall 
wearing a single person horse rider costume in that his legs are actually fake and attached to a blanket that covers the entire horse. And his legs, like the guy's actual legs, are what we see as the horse's legs. Why this is happening, I don't know. I only know this because literally I watched it basically frame by frame. He is also trumpeting while standing on top of a wall. So I'm glad they didn't make a horse stand on top of the wall. But after he finishes like the noises that he's making, his trumpet also displays and so does the horse's head. Okay. Because it's not a real horse. So I got to pause the podcast for a quick second now. In the last 90 years, has something fundamentally changed about what happens when you blow into a wind instrument? Like, because <laughs> we don't, like, ha, has something fundamentally changed in the last 80 or 90 years? Because we saw this a bunch in the 30s and never again. I mean, thank God. But like, was there a breakthrough in trumpetry technology where you no longer had to roll your pants down at the end of it or deflate? I think if anyone knows, please write us. I have questions. I don't have questions. I, have so many I don't questions. need any answers. I want answers. Please keep any information you have about trumpets <laughs> and like their relationship to pants staying up and also like potential like flat flaccidity flaccitude <laughs> i i don't need that information i just want to live my life you know yeah um so then so then i guess we're back inside the palace yep and we have some sort of procession mm-hmm, and i'm just mm-hmm. going to describe it to you the way that i understood it okay okay so we have a guy who looks kind of like the guard to Buckingham Palace with the big hat. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. also maybe he's a nutcracker kind of guy. Yes. And he's wearing like that outfit. He's got pants that are tucked into boots. The boots have spurs and he's marching. Behind him mm-hmm. are very small guys that look like him. They are not children because they, they appear to have facial hair. And these very small guys are like wearing matching uniforms but they're like shorter than his hip. So he's raising his leg while marching higher than their heads. Like he can clear them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I present to you is the Royal Russian nesting doll guard force. I have them down as ducklings mm-hmm. or mini me's. Cause they don't get progressively smaller. They're all, the small ones are all the same size, which is like, again, roughly knee height. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ducklings. And the guy at the head of the line, he's either very large or he's regular size and they're just very, very small. The scale is all over the place. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. big guy goes in a deep voice, hail to our king, but like in a song way. And then the little guys in proportionally higher pitched voices are just bouncing Marching behind him going, hail to you, our king. Hail to you, our king. It's great. So that's what's happening there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they make their way to the king who's still on his throne. And the tall guy does a very fluid salute to him in that 
his body has zero bones mm-hmm. and reverberates like he just goes he just goes jelly bones like if there's vibrations and jello yeah yeah it's just it's very uncanny it's not a human movement he like undulates into a salute yes yes but the reason they're there the reason this whole scene is happening is because this soldier is here to receive a medal from the king and uh the king unfortunately is about the same size as the ducklings so the king has to climb up this man's belly like from the underneath of the belly to over the top and then up to his shoulders to give him a kiss on either cheek and pin a medal onto his chest next to his other medals. And then as the guard bows and walks away, uh, the king pulls out a slingshot and slingshots something to hit the guard in the butt. And the guard turns into one of those silly, wavy, blowy air tube things outside of car washes. Yeah, he spins around, he hops around, he's rubbing his butt, but then he realizes the king did it, and he immediately snaps into a salute. Meanwhile, the chorus is still going, hail to the king, hail to the king. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And the king laughs and titters, and then slides slash hops down off the throne and the stairs, and just runs immediately out of the room, Mm -hmm. like off to the side through an archway and he's just gone well uh he's gone from the throne room we follow him um in case you guys are wondering this is still a cinderella we absolutely promise but we we i don't promise uh, well that's (laughs) all right anyways we follow the king and he opens up a tiny cat door in the middle of a different door and squeezes through it it's comedically too small for him and he goes into a room that is empty except for an old-fashioned safe in the middle of it. Like a vault with a door that has, like, spinny things with bars. Yeah, it's, it's safe. It's, it's a big safe. It's a big safe. And he fiddles with the dial for a while as, like, womp, 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 womp music plays. And finally he gets the safe open pulls it in uh he i'm so sorry no Liv. he tries to turn the dial in the center mm-hmm. and then he stops and buffs his nails for a while and then he gets back to doing that and presumably something about buffing his nails has helped him open the safe i will bow to your uh advanced knowledge i watched this once at three quarters speed on my own so I just, I can't be the only one with this information, and now that's, I'm inflicting it on all of you. That's fine. That's fair. So he, he goes into the safe, and um, what, does he, um, what does he come out with, Talon? He just rides out on a tricycle, and it's got a car horn, mm-hmm. and he just rides in circles for a while, occasionally, like, honking the horn, like, for a while. So a he's while. just, like, driving around, honk, honk, driving around. Hong Kong. We do this like three more times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's yep. just doing like very small circles. And then he slows to a stop and makes eye contact with you, the audience, through the imaginary camera. And in a deep voice with absolutely no inflection, it goes, Some fun, eh, kid? Some fun. Okay, I'm glad you got that line because I wrote, Somebody get some fun. Nope. 
he was just like acknowledging the fact that this doesn't look very fun but but that he's clearly very entertained by it yeah it's like it's almost a Rodney Dangerfield delivery yes but with zero inflection yes it was but the movie remembers that he is supposed to be somewhere else and that this scene is happening to us for absolutely no reason mm-hmm. and he hears trumpets playing again and he in a panic realizes that there's a movie going on that he's supposed to be in puts the bike away and he pedals backwards into the safe he pedals backwards into the safe and then slams the safe door shut and poofs his way through this little tiny cat door and then leaves like dust trails as he runs back to his throne and rapid toddler climbs his way at one point he falls down one of the steps and has to start over he like laboriously climbs up it takes so long to watch every single time it's basically mountaineering like this guy is a mountaineer if you watch someone scale everest that's what this guy does but it's also like he's belly crawling up the stairs in some way and it's not like he's climbing he's scuttling there's something just very i don't know animal like about the way he clambers up but yeah so the the king has made it back into the throne room and what we find out what the trumpeters were trumpeting about um we hear them say hail to the queen and then we meet the queen uh how how would you describe the queen live in my notes i just have okay okay the queen is shaped like an infinity sign Her boobs are a little bigger than the king's entire body, and her butt is exactly the same size as her boobs, but the top part of her butt is significantly higher than the bottom part of her boobs, so she's like an infinity sign set at like a 45-degree angle. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, good. I... What do you have? I have her down... (laughs) I have her down as... Her body is like an ant... With, like, a thorax and an abdomen? Mm, yes. Because, yeah, her chest and her waist are basically two circles that are attached, like, diagonally. Yes. She's got small legs and a small head. Mm-hmm. And she's walking a teeny tiny little poodle in front of her. And yes. also, there's, like, design elements in her outfit that also make her look kind of like a poodle if a poodle was also an and and an infinity symbol. But she's got this, like flap on the back of her dress that just kind of looks like a poodle tail for some reason okay so so like a skinny apron worn backwards yes okay so you don't tell me that's a thing no no it's not a thing i was gonna go somewhere else so you know how in okay okay 101 dalmatians when they're looking at dogs and like the dogs and the dog owners look the same so there's like the person walking the the afghan hound and they're like "Mm, too much hair too much maintenance and then somebody has a poodle and they were like oh no too too much and they it's that she she looks like that it is not so much that her poodle is like groomed to match her it's more that she has groomed herself to match her poodle i want you guys to know that i lobbied really hard for this to be called the 101 dalmatian cinderella for like a bunch of reasons and talon shot me down pretty hard so i did i did i don't i don't think that's a helpful description Okay, well, we'll my librarian brain is like, we need a tagging system that we'll actually be able to use. We'll we'll come back to this in about three scenes. So, oh boy, okay, but we'll table it for now, though. Okay, 
so the queen walks up to the throne <laughs> and then she bends down because her standing on the floor is still taller than the king on a throne on a platform with two steps leading up to it that are all the size of his body entirely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so she bends all the way down <laughs> and the king stands up on his throne and that kind of puts them at eye level. And then the queen goes, listen, stupid, with her tongue sticking out when she speaks. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was amazing. First line to a king. She then announces that she's going to Bermuda at once. And the king is like, good. And so she spits in his face and then he spits in her face and then she spits again. And then he winks and she swings around to walk away and whacks him in the face Mm -hmm. with her poodle tail skirt. Yes. And Uh also the king blows a raspberry at her. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. In terms of best lines to the king, listen, stupid, I'm going to Bermuda at once is up there with the one we got in this season's bonus episode. Yeah. If you guys want to know what that was, you should become patrons and listen to the bonus episode this season because it's a doozy. I highly recommend listening to the bonus episode and I highly recommend never watching the movie that we actually watched. Mm-hmm. to record the bonus episode for you. Just throwing that out there. Definitely. Never yeah. mind. We did it for you. Please don't make our mistakes. So the king claps his hand and a servant shows up. And the king says, call the prince. And the servant sings, calling the prince, calling the prince, here prince, here prince, here prince. And he's walking, doing like the like, walk like an Egyptian with the hands in the air. What are we calling that? Is that, a, is that a still an okay thing to call that? I, I don't know what to call that. I think that's what that dance move is called. And it is, I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. Okay, guys, if you know a better way to describe that hand move, I mean, like, let us know. But that's what it is. But as he says, here, Prince, here, Prince, here, Prince, a, a million dogs race out from doors. I, I tried to count them. It's more than 60 of them. Okay, but we only ever see, like... Like, other than all of them running, we only see, like, 15 at a time. Oh, yeah. Only 15 black and white spotted dogs race out of doors to attack this servant who has to climb a chandelier and then they bite his butt. Yes, that's only 15 of them. I guess we're going to have to talk about this at some point. But, like, it is a lot of dogs. They are all inside the palace for some reason. The servant was calling the prince in a very, like, calling a dog-like manner mm-hmm. and also carrying a plate in his hand. But he is incredibly shocked to see all of these dogs. Like, he did not know that this was going to happen. He is scared. He runs away from them. He jumps up. But, like, a dog bites him on the butt as his legs flail on either side of him. And the rest of the dogs kind of stand in a semicircle and jump up and down while barking in rhythm to the song he was singing earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is also what I saw. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the prince has been summoned somehow. We never see that servant guy again, by the way. Like, for all we know, he's still there. I think he gets eaten by dogs. But we get some entrance music, and our prince arrives onto the scene, and 
how relieved were you, Liv, that after all that was the king, and now we have a different prince? Well, not a lot, I'll be honest. Um, this prince is not a clown prince. He's not a, a dopey from Snow White. He's not a Harpo Marx, which I was relieved about for um, two frames of animation. Mm -hmm. Because he shows up riding a hobby horse, and I have, of course he does. God, okay. But this this prince, mm, he looks like he looks like Jiminy Cricket stole someone's skin suit. <laughs> a little bit. His face is just a try. He's got a beak, but his face is so conical. The front part of his face is a cone. He looks like a cricket. So he looks like Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. Okay, but like in the triangleness of his face, but like less human. Yeah, but somehow like more uncanny, more unpleasant, and just like less handsome. If you can picture that, I don't know. Well, I think it is because when they like they do occasionally animate him from like moving his face from one side to the other, but usually when they animate him, he's completely in profile, and the proportions are just horrible, and he looks like a a cursed puppet bird who's come to life and stolen someone's skin suit. It's just not good. He does have like a very vacant facial expression and he hops onto the scene with a hobby horse between his legs. Yep. The king is approaching from the other side of the screen with his cape being held up by that first servant we saw mm -hmm. and they meet in the middle and the prince bends down while still on the hobby horse. And the king whispers in his ear. And an imagination bubble appears above them with an image of the queen sailing far away on a ship. The king, like, winks and points backwards with his thumb. Mm -hmm. And all the soldiers and servants cheer. Mm -hmm. Then the king uh, hops onto the back of the hobby horse. Yep. So that the prince can take him away, mm -hmm. uh, which he does by hopping while holding on to the horse's like stick that's between his legs. Yep, yep. Because the king's legs don't like reach the ground. Mm -hmm. So he is in fact carrying his father on a stick, which also happens to be between his legs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. No, the most dignified way to locomote. Mm -hmm. In this process, the king runs away from the servant, leaving behind his cape, which apparently detaches very easily. Mm -hmm. So the servant is just left standing there holding the cape sans king, watching his king hop off on the back of his son's hobby horse. To triumphant music and clocking noises, by the way. Uh, the triumphant music is the tune of And He's a Jolly Good Fellow, by the way. Oh. Which was pretty funny. But they, they are halted in their forward motion when the king sees a telephone booth labeled Royal Telephone. And there are vroom vroom sounds as the king leaps from the back of this hobby horse and races into the booth to grab the telephone. And he sing-speaks, Hello, girls, my wife's gone away. Let's go on a party, what do you say? As he winks and kind of ogles the screen in an unpleasant manner. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about this. I don't love the, my wife's away. Let's have a party vibe. That's, that's not my favorite. But I didn't really have time to fully process that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because we see that on the other end of this phone call, 
are the stepsisters. Yep. Both of them on two phones, but the same phone call somehow. Cinderella's also there, but she's shining like there's shoes on the floor. She's not part of the phone call. No, no, no. He's specifically just calling the two stepsisters. They sing, our mood is high and our spirits are low. Do you have this line? I've got the mood is high and the spirits are low. Step on the gasket. Let's go. I have step on the gas kid. Like, hey, kid. Like when the king was earlier. Like, hey, kid. Sounds like some fun. Because that was a, I don't know. Anyways, they're happy about this. Yeah. Which means. Like he had their phone number. They're happy to hear from him. Like when he says, hey, girls. He means them specifically. He. This is not a ball, you guys. This is not a ball. This is somebody having an affair with twin sisters while his wife is out of town. Yes. Uh huh. And for some reason, the prince is also involved in this, and also all the soldiers are happy about. But like, I cannot overemphasize this enough. The two stepsisters are the only women invited to this party. It's just them. It's just them. Oof. So the king is now very excited that his twin sister mistresses are coming to the palace and runs now towing the prince behind him, still carrying the hobby horse. And they both leap down a fireman's pole Mm -hmm. to a very long car that makes like a siren sound. They get into this very long car. And now I guess the prince is driving because there's only two people in the car and the one in the front who's driving is shaped like a beak. The one who's driving is wearing a full suit of armor with the helmet closed all the way down. I still thought it was the prince, but sure. It doesn't really matter. I think the prince and the king are in the back seat and because we're seeing it in profile, one of them is behind the other. Sure. I just, it's very important to me that everyone knows that this car was being driven by a medieval knight in full armor. Yeah. The car speeds up to join the motorcade Mm -hmm. where they are driving through the city flanked by, it's an 11 motorcycle motorcade with, you know, four on each side, two at the front corners and one ahead. And um, they're driving through the streets of Manhattan, I guess. And they make a very silly turn where, like, they have to turn a sharp corner and the car itself just bends like an L around the corner. But we're watching this one scene from above. So we're seeing this incredible perspective from, like, skyscraper view. So out of nowhere, we're in this very weird sort of Blade Runner-esque shot where, like, you're seeing the very strong perspective down from the heights. It was so weird. And it came out of nowhere. I also took notice of this. So I thought... That it was such a weird and geometric kind of cropped in close shot yeah. that my brain kept switching which way was up. Yeah. It was hard to tell if I was above the skyscraper looking down or if I was on the ground looking up at skyscrapers in the sky. It was like very uncanny, very unsettling. It felt like I was in Inception. It was very cool. But what was actually happening is that the car skid into a stop in front of, like, a tall apartment building, Mm -hmm. and the two stepsisters run out and get in the car. Yeah, And then the car drives away. I have a timing note of this one. Mm -hmm. Guys, we are at four minutes and 15 seconds into a 
five minute and 30 second Cinderella. Just, yeah, for like plot pacing, just so that you know where we are in this story. Yeah. Okay. You you can continue. I was just, I happened to glance at the time and I was like, wow, you got a minute and 50, you got 75 seconds left movie. She's got to go to a ball, meet a prince, lose a shoe, have a shoe montage, get found in 75 seconds. I don't even think I can say that in 75 seconds. Like, mm, okay. Well, yeah. I. That's not exactly what winds up happening. Like they, yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to say that, like, but it didn't, like, they, you didn't end up doing a lot of those things. They cut some corners so they don't have to do all of those things, but still, they're cutting it close is what I'm saying. They're approaching their, their midnight deadline with reckless abandon. So our next scene is with Cinderella, who's <laughs> okay. looking out the window uh, yep. in, like, their apartment. Mm-hmm. And she sits on the windowsill and she looks at the dog and she goes there they go again I never go anywhere do you and points at the dog um Mm -hmm. to me this is like a question of does she know where they're going like does she also want to go party with the king in like uh my wife's out of town kind of way or does she just think that they're going to like a regular party like is she upset that she's not a mistress? Well, we don't ever see her be privy to the other end of that conversation. So all we see her experience is I'm getting my sisters ready to go out to something fun. And they get a call which says something fun is happening. So I think she just is upset that they get to put on fancy clothes and leave the house. Oh, man. Okay. So then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, um, so then, you know, Cinderella has just asked the dog if the dog goes anywhere, uh-huh. and the dog just yells, Ow, at Cinderella, yep. who, in her surprise, falls backwards out of the window and just falls parallel down next to the apartment building for like a very, very long shot. And several things happen. Mm-hmm. as she falls mm-hmm. but i just wanted to let you know because they did watch this almost frame by frame they did a really great job with all the different little windows that she falls past because mm-hmm. they all have like different curtains some of them have flowers some of them have other stuff some of them have patches on the curtains or like they have blinds it was very cute they could have had the same window you know 50 times over because mm-hmm. she's falling from a very very high up floor so no they they put a lot into the animation so here's the thing this was the one part that i did slow down and watch nearly frame by frame but where you observed the artistry and the differentiation between windows i just counted them she falls 10 stories you guys (laughs) she falls down Uh. 10 floors not counting hers so like presumably she was on at least the 11th floor And we're also not really counting the first floor because it didn't have a window. So, like, she falls a lot, you guys. Like, a bunch. Like, it's a skyscraper. She falls out of a skyscraper. Falls off of a skyscraper. And she's, like, more than halfway up. Yeah. So, as she falls down, she's falling feet first. Her arms are straight up above her head. Mm -hmm. And her clothes just fly right off of her somehow. 
Yeah. But she's like in old timey underwear where it looks like a tank top and shorts, basically. Yes. Or like an old timey swimsuit. So it's not like scandalous or anything, but her clothes do all fly off, including her stockings and shoes somehow. Somehow. Yeah. So then she keeps dropping through clotheslines and just falling into clothes. So she has new stockings, mm-hmm. which somebody was drying, but the shoes still attached to them for some reason. You know, far be it for me to shame people for the way they do laundry, but mm-hmm. we do not, it seems like a bad idea. We do not laundry shame at the Cinderella podcast, you guys. This is a safe I'm sorry. I'm sorry. space for how to do laundry. Um, she also falls into a, a new slip, like a skirt, mm-hmm. and then she falls into a dress and she falls right into a carriage, mm-hmm. just on her butt sitting, and the carriage takes off. And the carriage looks kind of like a chariot. Yeah. It is being pulled by four mice, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously. You guys should... I don't even need to tell you guys. Four mice. This is fine. This is a good number of mice. This is totally normal. And um, obviously, the coachman is a tiny baby Cupid with little wings and a little top hat. I'm glad you mentioned the top hat. You know. As usual. Yeah, I feel like it'd be weird without a top hat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like your standard Cinderella fair. Uh-huh. I think I was most upset when Cupid turns around, sees Cinderella, and flies back to kiss her on the cheek twice. Um. Unless I watched that wrong again. No, no, that is what happened. I was more upset. So I had a moment where I was concerned. Mm-hmm. Because the Cupid baby floats up off his seat and... Even though he was sitting at the beginning of the ride, he spends the entire ride just kind of floating above the carriage while still holding on to the mice. Yeah, you got to get your flaps in. I didn't like that sentence. (laughs) 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 Um, So he's floating, and for a moment, I was very concerned that he was the only point of contact between the mice and the carriage. That like his butt was the only thing and that he was going to float off with the mice and that the carriage would either stop or it would just follow behind him for no like no discernible discernible reason. reason. And and that would also be upsetting. But none of those things happened. The mice are actually harnessed directly to the carriage with like one flat line all the way at the bottom. It was very inconspicuous, but I looked for it and I found it. And so my concerns were laid to rest and I could just enjoy this baby Cupid floating above the carriage, taking Cinderella to the ball. So we cut to the party now because it would be silly if we spent more time with Cupid. And And I think the party is back at the castle. I think the king and the prince literally went to pick up the sisters and and then just went back to the castle. Yep, absolutely. I agree. But the party that we see consists of the 11 motorcyclists who are all wearing conical party hats. <gasps> I thought they were gnomes. Look, I'm not saying they're not gnomes. I'm saying that they were wearing conical hats and that I believe that they were the same people who are driving the motorcycles. Okay. I thought they were just like local party gnomes <laughs> that the king knows. You know, I, just the fact that there were 11 of them <laughs> and there were 11 motorcyclists in the motorcade, I feel like... I did not count how many cyclists were in the motorcade, and I did not count how many people were at the table. Great. That was the first thing that I did. (laughs) We're such a great team. (laughs) Nor did I count any of the windows. We are such a solid team. This is great. 
so they're around this table which is supposed to be evocative of covered in bottles of beer and wine and excess of foodstuffs and things knocked over but what's on it are six bottles of beer two of which are knocked over and broken and then like an indistinguishable blob of foodstuffs in the middle so it's i think that was an ashtray maybe i don't think they're eating anything uh, i i will point out mm-hmm. that the king is roughly knee height yes. to an average person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of these gnomes appear to be the same size as him. So it is very possible that the amount of alcohol it takes for them. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's so fair. So I would just multiply that amount by like four, basically. Yeah. Sure. 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 So the king is at the head of the table and he has a stepsister on either side of him, just like with an arm draped around him, kind of snuggling up to him, you know, the way you do. When you have no sex appeal? When you have no sex appeal? It's shocking to me that they describe themselves as having no sex appeal and not being discerning when they're literally like mistresses to the king. Like his wife is going out of town. They're who he called. That's a really high political standing. Okay. Like historically, that is a position of power. Like they have made it. I did not watch the palace for nothing, Liv. (laughs) Oh, God. So these gnome motorcyclists, gnomer cyclists, that didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. Biker gnomes? Biker gnomes? These biker gnomes are all (laughs) sitting around singing a drinking song, essentially, that goes like, Old King Fitz, he ain't much use, he ain't much use, he ain't much. Like, they're just having a good time. I've been at this party. I've done this. Um... And they're making sort of clappy sounds. You went to a party with 11 gnomes in party hats and one dude with two girls on either side of him. Who were you at this party? Uh, (laughs) Probably one of the gnomes. (laughs) I went to a lot of drinking song parties when I was like 12 that I wasn't really supposed to be at, but no one really had the heart to kick me out as long as I sat there and just like sang quietly and didn't cause any trouble or remind anybody that I was there. Okay, that's actually, like, very charming. Yeah, it was great. No no bad side effects from that whatsoever, and a lot of really great stories. I don't think that ended badly at all. So, trumpets sound again, and Cinderella walks in, looking very pretty, actually. And the giant Nazi beach ball man goes, Cinderella, and announces her, which, I, that's always weird when they do that. Yeah, like, one, that's a derogatory nickname. You probably shouldn't call her that. Yeah. And two, like, how does he know? And three, this doesn't seem like the kind of party where you need to announce people. It really doesn't. This, mm, Yeah, no. Okay, so she's wearing the cutest outfit, you guys. She's got this little fascinator hat on that's kind of sideways. It has, like, one tall black feather that kind of mimics her Medusa snake locks. And her dress is actually fairly similar to the Queen's but she has like normal body proportions so she's other than the arms other than the arms so she's it's very tailored and so it fits really well and she's sort of got like a little bustle over her butt and legs but then it goes into like a very narrow skirt so this is actually more of a 1910s kind of look like late 19 teens it's also black yeah which is really fun for cinderella i think yeah, because normally they wear like a a white or a blue or occasionally mm-hmm. like a hot pink. But like 
You don't get to see Cinderella in black that often. This is this is new. So Cinderella, having been announced, mm-hmm. takes a moment to just sort of walk in with her hands on her hips and kind of do a pose and sing a song, just like introducing herself. Yeah. At this point, her very long noodle arms are just like displayed to full effect where she kind of waves them side to side in front of herself Mm -hmm. and they're very long and very noodly and she just kind of goes good evening everybody and how are you today she's doing a lot of betty boop jiggling in place motions where like there's a lot of motion happening but she's not traveling anywhere yeah, she's like a she's like a video game character that hasn't done a move yet, but is just sort of showing you that she's ready to do a move. Yeah. As yep. soon as you click some buttons. Yep. The prince rides up to her on his hobby horse. Yeah, he he hops into the scene again. Yeah. The prince is dressed like a train conductor now, sort of. Like his outfit is very much like toy train conductor. And he he kneels in front of Cinderella and which romantic good step and he takes her hands okay but he's kneeling on one knee with the hobby horse still between his legs just on the floor like he has not thrown it out of the scene the hobby horse is still there right between his legs okay so not not great but kneeling is romantic and he takes her hands and he sings which in general is not a bad first choice and he sings, ah, Cinderella, where have you been all my life? Which so far sounds okay. But the way that they have animated this is so upsetting. <laughs> so his lips are way too pronounced. His lips are drawn in black. So it looks like he's got massively outlined black lipstick on. His face is incredibly, again, cricket-like and pale. Like his the tip of his nose makes a straight line to the crown of his head. Because they've decided to shoot this scene from slightly below him. Mm-hmm. So we're just looking up his nose. And up his nose is roughly 90% of his face. But also, when he sings, he opens his mouth. And you know how when you open a mouth, you should make the inside of it just the cavernous blackness of the crushing abyss of space, but with a very bright white and horrifically animated tongue in the middle of it? You know, that's the best way to do mouths. I I have heard that before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That old, Mm -hmm. that old adage. Yeah. So that's, that's what they do. Um, They just put so much detail into his mouth, which is already bigger than it should be. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, we just see too much. Like we see too much. We're so viscerally aware of all of the things that are inside his mouth. It's very upsetting. Like his tongue his teeth, the fact that it just like at some point there's his esophagus, like all of that stuff, like you are thinking about the entire time. And he's also uh, unpleasantly stroking Cinderella's arms, holding someone's hand, fine. But he's stroking her arms all the way up to like past her elbows and back down in a way that is supposed to be romantic, but again, very much comes across as, let me test out this new flesh suit. He also doesn't stop. It's not like a couple of like strokes oh, no. on her arm. It's he's continuous. just petting her it's... like she's a cat. It's incredible. Like it is unbelievable that a human would do this to another human. Yeah. At this point, he now looks more. Having met them once. 
yeah at this point he now looks more like one of those old like horror clowns from the early 1900s which again tracks with the timeline so this could very well be a runaway clown which would explain the king as well so yeah so he gets back on his hobby horse and she gets on the back of it and they i have flounce sexily off stage but here's the thing he's already left the stage this way with his father on the back of his hobby horse so we've already established that this is not a romantic way to travel with another person because he did it with his father so this is a weird time to be like oh no but it's sexy now now this is romance you're like well mm. okay so when Liv says that they do it in the sexy way that's not like her subjective opinion like what they are doing is that they're both striking a pose Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, Cinderella's pose includes her, like, closing her eyes and pouting and, like, cocking a hip out and putting her hand on that hip and another one behind her head in, like, a very like, stereotypical, like, va-va-voom fashion model kind of way. Yes. And then just sort of perching on the hobby horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, the animators are definitely going for, like, a sexy angle for some reason yep yeah but now now we are four minutes and 55 seconds into this five minute and 30 second movie and we have to wind up our story Uh uh-huh uh-huh so we're back with the king at the table with a stepsister on either side the biker gnomes just hanging out they're still drinking at this point, the biker gnomes are singing for he's a jolly good fellow at the king. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. keeps looking back and forth between the two stepsisters and giggling like, gosh, he can't believe his luck. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm not condoning cheating on your wife with two ladies that you called up the second she left. But he does seem genuinely very happy that they're there. And they all seem to be having a good time together. Together at this party. Yeah. So both of the stepsisters kiss the king on his cheek, like both at the same time from opposite sides and trumpet sound and mm-hmm. everyone's heads pivot to look. And our announcer guy, the beach ball Nazi salute man, uh, <laughs> in, not in his usual booming voice, but in a very small voice that just trails off goes queen. Uh, because the queen is there the queen is back her little dog yep and she ceremoniously walks into frame and then is immediately barreling full tilt at the party like bellowing and brandishing a rolling pin that she has pulled from literally nowhere she's still got the dog with her but she's picked the dog up cradling the dog in one arm Mm -hmm. while flailing the rolling pin in the other yep All of the gnomes are screaming and running away. And then we get a shot of the castle exterior. Okay, hang on. They're they're not like screaming. They're screaming like, aye, aye, aye. Like there's a bull race going on. They're they're doing weird yelling. There is commotion. Yes. There is a kerfuffle. They're sure people knock over their chairs running away from the table. And then, yes, indeed, we do cut to an, an exterior shot of the palace. Um, what, do you, what do you have as what happens in the exterior of the palace? So I have uh, guys jumping off walls and through windows and running out in every direction. Okay. These appear to be 
the soldiers, but they may also include gnomes. They're not like differentiated. No. It's the same. It's a million version of the same guy running out and like leaping out of windows and stuff like that. I have cut to the outside of Palace where there are hundreds of identical men fleeing the party. Most are leaving via the drawbridge. Some are just running down the hills. Some are scaling the castle walls, but a goodly number are just flinging themselves from the highest turret. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's a very good description of what happens. And we watch that for a while. Yeah. Like, that scene goes on. Yeah. It's not short. It is an impressive scene. Yes. Unlike the previous scenes that also went on for too long, which were like the king scrambling up to his throne or somebody and or multiple somebody's riding the hobby horse. Or riding a tricycle in circles for five seconds. Or that. Yeah. But that's enough of that. We're we're back inside now. And uh, the king and queen are having a showdown. They're having a rolling pin sword fight. But the king has a sword. So there's a sword versus rolling pin showdown, I guess. So what Liv, the word Liv isn't saying because presumably this is like not an accurate representation, but what they're doing is they're fencing with each other. But as a fencer, I'm sure like you just can't bring yourself to call that what it is. But like, but like dear listeners, what they're doing is they're fencing. They're not fencing. They're not fencing. It is evocative of fencing. I will grant you that it is evocative of fencing. It is fencing adjacent. My note is, tiny dog isn't there anymore, don't worry. Because that was the only thing I cared about was if the dog was in danger. So they do a bunch of different kinds of moves. Like, it's actually like solidly choreographed. Yeah. And then the queen bonks the king on the head really hard with her bowling, with her bowling, with her rolling pin. Not her bowling pin. That's a different type of pin. (laughs) Different type of fencing adjacent weapon. Oh boy. So the queen bonks the king really hard on the head with her rolling pin. He falls through the floor Mm -hmm. and lands like outside on the street with possibly a big chunk of rock around his neck. Yes. Yes. I have that he lands like in the catacombs because he punches a big jaggedy hole through the floor. So I think he's ended up in, like, the dungeons. He seems to be outside. There were a lot of stone... It's very well lit. There were stone arches everywhere. I thought it was, like, a cobble street. Anyways, he falls through the floor. He's got a big hunk of stone still around his neck. And then he just sings very sadly into the camera. I'm all alone. All alone. Nobody cares a darn for me. And... The screen kind of fades to black around him in a circle that zooms in, like, on his face while he's still singing. Yep. But then the last few seconds of just the circle with only, like, his, like, a little portion of his face is left, he's now finished singing, and we are just left with the silence. And we just look at his wide-open eyes looking sadly as the darkness closes around him fully. And then we fade to black and we're done. Wow. What a ride. What a ride. What a what a ride on track 23. The track 23, Cinderella. I mean, nothing to anyone but us. 
All right. And knowing me, I wouldn't remember what that meant within nope. like a month of naming it that. Me neither. <laughs> you know what I will remember? The dogs, Talon. I'll remember the dogs. I don't feel like the dogs were narratively connected to the plot. So for me, it would be very easy to remember that there was a cartoon with dogs and not be able to tie it to the actual cartoon. Fine, librarian powers win again. <laughs> so yes that is so we're done now this that's the end of this five minutes and 30 seconds that we could talk about for several more hours what are your highs and lows great question <laughs> uh so my high was the hear prince song <laughs> i just i really enjoyed that entire segment where the king was like call the prince and the servant was like i will call the prince i'm calling the prince here, Prince, here, Prince. And like all the dogs arrived. I don't know. I just, I just really enjoyed that there was a calling the Prince song. I've not seen that in a Cinderella. I would mm-hmm. like more servants to have like, uh, I'm a summon the Prince number. And if there can be dogs in that, that would be great. Yeah. I also like that. That was good. Yeah. My low was the scaling. I did not like, mm that people were such different sizes from each other that they didn't look like they could feasibly exist in the same universe. Yeah. And it was just confusing, like visually, to have so many different sizes, but not shapes. It's it's because that they were like proportionally the same. Mm-hmm. but vertically different. If yes. the proportions were different, then that would be very visually interesting. But this was like uncanny and off-putting and also like weird. Like it was a weird choice. I didn't like it. I didn't get it. Why was the one guy so big and all the little guys walking behind him were so small? Like, wait, what does that mean? Why is that happening? Yeah. I didn't like it. Okay, what about you? What are your highs and lows? So I love the transformation scene of <laughs> jump off a skyscraper and steal a bunch of people's laundry on the way down. That was so unexpected. I mean, it's it's not an uncommon gag in cartoons of like, ah, you fall down and as you fall, like you fall into things and through things and it changes your outfit and stuff. Like that's a fairly common cartoon thing. But to have that be our Cinderella transformation was just incredible. And it came out of nowhere because the dog just scream barks Al at her and she just falls out of a window and is suddenly, it was amazing. It was, it was, so it was min- very exciting. It was very exciting. It was very unexpected. Uh, it was very refreshing. I liked it. I, I didn't like, Okay, so from a story perspective, I really didn't enjoy all the time that we spent watching the king fiddle with a safe and ride a tricycle around. That was... <laughs> from, some fun, some fun, kid, eh? Some fun. Like, from from a Cinderella narrative point, that was annoying. From a visual point, I didn't like that there was a Cupid. Why was there a Cupid? I hated that. I don't... Everybody else had clothes. There was just a naked Cupid. Just baby butt with a top hat with that made it worse that made it worse i think cupids were just like in cartoons all the time they were but they weren't usually in top hats and 
they, they're not usually in Cinderella's. I, I didn't like it. I didn't want that to be what happened. I mean, I, I, it's just insane to me that out of all of the bananas things in this movie, the Cupid is what's bothering you. I haven't thought twice about the Cupid. Here's That's the thing. so funny. Everything else is somewhat upsetting and but but like extremely interesting like I really want to talk more about it and ask more questions and really dive into it but the Cupid was just like why is there a naked child in this movie please put your pants on sir (sighs) I would have been so much happier if it had been a lizard or a bird or something like if a lizard with too many teeth like a lizard with a human face and human teeth was doing that I would have been so much happier no, don't put that into the universe. Stop that. <laughs> okay, okay. What would you change about this movie? Oh my god. Um <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Right? I just like I guess like proportionally if you're going to call the Cinderella, which they did, they should spend more time on the Cinderella story and less time on the other things. So she needed to like leave behind a shoe and the prince needed to go find her. That, or you need to not call it Cinderella. Like, that would have been a better storyline, yeah. So cut the king on the unicycle. Cut one of the award shows, I guess. I don't know. Cut some of the Nazi salutes. We don't really need that. I Like they spent so much time on Look how childlike and silly the king is. He has a choo-choo train and he has a tricycle. He juggles. Like Yeah, he juggles. We like, get it, thanks. I I don't know. Agreed. Less of the king scampering up and down things and like more time for Cinderella things to happen. Mm-hmm. What about you? So yeah, I also wanted to be more Cinderella. I wanted the party to be more of a fun thing and less of a I'm having my mistresses over thing I wanted it to be a ball a ball that there were multiple ladies at for reasons of not being mistresses okay but they could have done all the same jokes if it was a ball like all they had to do is announce that they're having a ball to find the prince of bride and then just the king just needs to be like spending too much time with the stepsisters at like the punch bowl yep. and giggling with them. And could've then the done. queen can like pull him away by his ear. Yeah, literally you could have done the whole thing in just like, and this is the room where the gentlemen are and who the stepsisters are there too. But the rest of the room is a normal party with normal dancing and normal people being normal together at a party where Cinderella gets to go and have a good time. Yep. Yep. So that's what I I would change. Do you think our listeners should watch this? Yeah, I think you should definitely watch this. This is so wacky. Oh, yeah. Hard agree. This was delightful. I was really concerned about this one because I was like, oof. One of the Terry Tunes ones had that hobby horse that came to life and screamed as it fell off a cliff and the other oh, one man. had the horrible Joker Harpo Marx character prince that whose tongue like lolled to the floor and whose eyeballs went in different directions all the time. And the Betty Boop one, the pumpkin grew a face and teeth and sang at you. Like, I'm really concerned. And those were like the we're gonna try again 
versions. This was the first one I was like, mm, I don't. Yeah, it seems like they made worse choices. Yeah. Like the further they went out from this one, the worse the worst they seem to have got. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like this is the best out of the bunch, in my opinion. I really love the Betty Boop Cinderella, so I am biased. And I think it's I mean, a- unless you genuinely like like Betty Boop, I didn't have any Betty Boop feelings. I genuinely like Betty Boop, and I also think it's a much better story because like she does leave her shoe. There is a fairy godmother. But this is not a good story, but it is interesting to watch. But it's a great watch. Five minutes, you will not regret this. This is delightful. You might regret this. I won't regret <laughs> making you watch this. So there we go. But we won't feel guilty. We won't feel any guilt about this. So final grade for this movie. I don't know how to grade this, but this one's hard. I'm giving it a B minus. Okay. Because I found it very entertaining. I don't think it's like of good quality, (laughs) but I don't know. I just, it was interesting. Okay. And you know, how many Cinderella's are we in? Like 60 plus? Yeah, this is going to be, this is 61. 61, yeah. 60 cin- No, this Listen. is 63. This is 64 counting the bonus episodes. Oh my God. Okay, with, you know, over 60 Cinderella's under our belt. <laughs> uh, it's really saying something when I watch one and I'm like, well, I have not seen that. That Never. is a new thing that I've just looked at with my eyeballs and mm-hmm. I was not bored and I am not angry. Not bored and not angry appear to be the bars that we are consistently happy to clear. Yeah, so to me, this is a B minus. This is better than average. It is an experience that I had that I'm not upset about. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Buddha? What's your grade for this? Well, you've talked me down. I was going to give this an A minus, but I'm going to give it a B plus. Just because I had such a great time watching this. And there were so many dogs in this and nothing bad happened to any of them. Just That's like, true. I'm always so worried when there's a pet because I'm like, oh, I don't. We've seen a lot of horrible things happen to pets. And we've seen a lot That's of horrible true. things get threatened to happen to pets. And I am very not okay with that happening. And this was funny. And the queen was a riot. I loved that she was shaped like two magic eight balls just super glued together. Yeah, her design was really interesting. When she's running after the king with the rolling pin in her hand, Mm -hmm. uh, she has to take like very tiny, very fast little steps because her skirt is actually like pretty tight underneath the big bustle. And it's just very funny that she's so angry and violent and has to take like teeny, teeny, tiny little fast running steps. like. It it was well designed, like it was it was good, but but not not like a good story. No, so I'm I'm not doing this one in, <laughs> in in the A's, but B plus. I had I had a great time. I had a great time watching this. I had a great time rewatching it. I had a great time talking about it. I had a great time thinking about it. This was just a ball. Like I had a really good time. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's end on a good note. You had a good time. I had. A pretty okay time <laughs> let's call and it a win we're talking this one up as a win it is now almost midnight so thanks for joining us dear listeners if you like this episode please leave us a rating or a review we'd love to hear from you 
So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? I have bad news, Talon. Uh, We're watching the 1988 ALF Cinderella next week. There will no longer be a Cinderella podcast. I am so (laughs) sorry you had to find out this way, dear listeners. No. I am going to go have a happily ever after all by myself, and we are never coming back. Goodbye. (laughs) Bong, we're ending the episode there. (laughs) That's it. Thank you.